This gay artist's career was off and running before getting his degree when his design was chosen to promote the 1969 film Hello Dolly. I am scared to walk everywhere I go in the school. I have to have someone right next to me. The young man should be arrested. I wasn't out to anyone in my school besides a few close friends. I wasn't out to my extended family. Only my mom, dad, and brothers knew. I'm a transcend space and time. Spread my wings, take it flight. To This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. Thailand's top court pushes marriage equality to lawmakers, U.S. trans teens defy high school bullies, and Ryan Casata's musical present transcends his past. Those stories and more this week because you've chosen This Way Out. I'm M.R. Raquel. And I'm Michael LeBeau. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending November 20th, 2021. Thailand's constitutional court has rejected marriage equality. In a November 17th ruling that passes the buck to lawmakers, the justices wrote that the Thai parliament should draft laws that guarantee the rights of gender-diverse people. The plaintiffs in the case were a lesbian couple whose marriage registration application was rejected by Bangkok civil authorities. The High Court found that the Civil and Commercial Code's understanding of marriage as exclusively heterosexual does not violate the Thai Constitution. Bills to legally recognize gay and lesbian couples have failed in the past few years. The government's most recent bid to advance a less-than-equal civil unions bill was opposed by some LGBTQ activists. A new marriage equality bill has been introduced by Move Forward Party Member of Parliament Tunyawaj Kamal Wongwat. Human Rights Watch senior researcher Sunai Pasuk wrote on Twitter that the constitutional court ruling renders the government's pledges to promote gender equality meaningless. Thai historian Chanam Yadhang responded to the decision during an online panel discussion reported by local news outlet Coconuts Bangkok. He said that the court makes the institution of marriage look feudal and something bound only to male and female. A protest demonstration is set for November 28th. The Swiss government has set the date for the nation's first legal weddings of lesbian and gay couples, July 1st, 2022. They can also convert their registered partnerships to marriage on the same date. Lesbian and gay couples have had that less-than-equal legal option since 2007. Couples who have legally married abroad have also been recognized only as registered partners. They can have their status upgraded to full marriage on January 1st. All married same-gender couples will also have adoption rights and equal access to fertility services. The November 17th announcement follows Swiss voters' overwhelming endorsement of Parliament's Marriage for All law. Right-wing opponents had forced the September 26th public referendum. Maria von Kainel of the Marriage for All campaign is celebrating the conclusion of a long struggle. We have been fighting for marriage equality for 30 years, she said. The International Olympic Committee announced new guidelines covering transgender and intersex athletes this week, and there are mixed reviews. 
The IOC had promised to review its policies governing trans competitors after some controversy over their participation at this year's Tokyo Games. The new guidelines focus more on whether or not an athlete has a competitive advantage rather than predicting their potential performance based on testosterone levels. They say that no athlete should be excluded based on unverified, alleged, or perceived unfair competitive advantage due to their sex variations, physical appearance, and or transgender status. There are also provisions protecting their privacy rights. However, the six-page document is not legally binding. It passes the buck for implementing the guidelines to the governing bodies of regional and international sports federations. In its words, the IOC is not in position to issue regulations that define eligibility criteria for every sport, discipline, or event across the very different national jurisdictions and sports systems. IOC spokesman Christian Claw acknowledged the problem. He said, We have not found the solution to this big question. Clearly, this is a topic that will be with us for a long time. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is rescinding the previous administration's religious license to discriminate, proving again that elections do matter. The November 18th advisory calls exemptions that allowed religiously-based discrimination against LGBTQ people by federally funded state and child welfare agencies inappropriate and overly broad. It declares HHS will not condone the blanket use of religious exemptions against any person or blank checks to allow discrimination against any persons, importantly including LGBTQ plus persons, in taxpayer-funded programs. The department now returns to its earlier policy of allowing Religious Freedom and Restoration Act exemptions only on a case-by-case -case basis. Maggie Siddiqui is the Senior Director of Religion and Faith at the Center for American Progress. She explained, Congress enacted the Religious Freedom Restoration Act to protect the free exercise of religion, particularly for religious minorities. Today's actions by the Biden administration will ensure no child is denied a loving foster home simply because of who their prospective parents are, who they love, or what they believe. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra said, Our actions ensures we are best prepared to protect every American's right to be free of discrimination. Christian florist Baronel Stutzman has called it quits in her eight-year crusade to refuse flowers for a same-gender couple's wedding. Plaintiff Robert Ingersoll was a regular patron of Arlene's Flowers in Richland, Washington. He and Kurt Freed had each bought flowers for the other there during their courtship. But when Stutzman became aware that the couple was ordering flowers for their wedding, she refused. She called Ingersoll a dear friend, but said that because of her Southern Baptist beliefs, the request was a line I could not cross, even for friendship. I am a Christian, and I believe the Bible to be the word of God that teaches that he designed marriage to be only the union of one man and one woman. I could not take the artistic talents God himself gave me and use them to contradict and dishonor his word. Now a hero in religious right circles, Stutzman claims that she herself has been a victim of intolerance. At the age of 77, the florist says she's decided to retire and pass the torch. She's exhausted her legal appeals, including a failed effort to get the U.S. Supreme Court to review the case. A settlement allowing her to preserve her conscience includes a payout to Ingersoll of $5,000. Ingersoll and Freed say they'll donate it to their local chapter of the queer family advocacy group PFLAG, along with their own $5,000 donation.
the Putin regime's escalating crackdown on anything queer positive in Russia continued this week. Regulatory authorities took down the website of the highly popular side-by-side -side LGBTQ film festival. The annual event has been based in the seaside city of St. Petersburg since 2008. The festival is being held virtually for the second time this year because of the pandemic. Despite the closure of the festival's main website, its online screenings continue because they're being hosted by a third party. However, more extensive information about this year's offerings has been disappeared. Organizers believe that government officials bowed to pressure from rapidly anti-queer ultra-right-wing groups. Festival founder, Manny Deguer, announced, We are forging ahead with our program, encouraging audiences to watch the films online, and our daily interactive discussions being aired through our social networks. VK, Instagram, and Facebook are currently serving as our channels for communication. The action against the side-by-side -side LGBTQ film festival follows last week's determination that the Russian LGBT network should be labeled a foreign agent. The government charges that the network gets illegal funding from suspect entities abroad and that it engages in forbidden political activity. Finally, a town in the Australian island state of Tasmania, once known as the most homophobic town in the country, raised the rainbow flag over its city council chambers in a special ceremony this week. Alverstone is on the state's northwest coast and home to about 15,000 people. In the 1990s, it routinely hosted anti-queer rallies and many city leaders were outspokenly homophobic. Queer travel guides urged LGBTQ tourists to steer clear of the city. But as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. promised, the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. In 2018, the council passed a motion in support of the queer community, placed an inclusion plaque and planted a tree in a local park, and lit the town bridge in rainbow colors to mark Tasmania's Pride Week. The November 15th flag-raising ceremony comes ahead of the region's biggest LGBTQ pride celebration, out in the park. Equality Tasmania President Rodney Croom was one of the speakers. He's the country's longest-serving and best-known rights activist, and grew up near Alverstone. Croom said he never imagined the progress since then. He added, Raising the rainbow flag over the council chambers in Ulverstone sends a message to LGBTQ young people that they belong, helps heal old wounds, and shows the world just how much Ulverstone has changed. It says that anything is possible. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending November 20th, 2021. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm M.R. Raquel. Stay healthy. And I'm Michael LeBeau. Stay safe. Good news. Good news. Are you signed up for our e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. To receive the occasional Inside This Way Out and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. And don't forget This Way Out on hashtag GivingTuesday this November 30th.
I finally spoke out to my friends about it, and now everybody knows about it. I have a voice just like everybody else and I'm going to use it. We want students to feel safe at a school because we're expected to be there, so we should be expected to be safe. Trans teens won't tolerate bullying, but first... A few words from the man behind the pictures. It's time for Who Said That? on this episode of The Rainbow Minute. This gay artist's career was off and running before getting his degree when his design was chosen to promote the 1969 film Hello, Dolly. He went on to create movie posters for over 40 films, including The Sting and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Beginning in 1972, he created 37 celebrity portraits for the cover of TV Guide, including those of Lucille Ball, Katherine Hepburn, and John Travolta. Inspired by gay illustrator J.C. Leyendecker, he once said, I'm interested in uncovering relationships between the past and in discovering how things have changed and grown. I don't see any point in copying the past, but I think the elements of the past can be taken to another realm. Who said that? It was master illustrator Richard Amsell. The Rainbow Minute is produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and recorded at WRIR in Richmond, Virginia and read by volunteers like me, Dustin Richardson. I think that being very out was a good move for me. You know, I get messages all the time that say, if you never came out, I don't think I would be alive. Ryan Casata's musical past makes his present transcendent later in the program. Trans Lives Matter! Trans Lives Tragically, many black and indigenous trans people of color learn to face violence early in life. But 15-year-old Shantae Payne is not going to stand for it. A group of boys attacked Shantae at Pebblebrook High School in Mableton, Georgia. Whatever hit me, I did not see. Video of the assault went viral. As Shantae's guardian, Blanche Payne, told NBC affiliate 11 Alive in Atlanta, the danger is far from over. On Thursday, she walks down the hall, and one of the boys walks right by her and threatens her, telling her that if she comes back to school, they're going to drag her in the bathroom, they're going to attack her. The young men should be arrested. The Cobb County School District says it is investigating the incident and promises that all students involved will be dealt with. Meanwhile, the threats continue, and Shantae is committed to her brave, if solitary, fight. This is a hate crime, you know, and me being who I am, I'm not going to let it go. You know, I mean, this needs to be her. I need to be her because I have a voice just like everybody else. And I'm going to use it. Another U.S. trans teen is not going it alone. In Wisconsin, Berlin high school students are standing in support of a victimized classmate. Lucas told NBC affiliate WLWK in Green Bay what happened to him. One was recorded through the peak hole. And they saw my bottom half, and after that, I stood in the stall crying. I went back to my classroom crying, asked my teachers to see the counselor. 
I'm very uncomfortable, especially with these boys walking around and happy about what they did and stuff. And I am scared to walk everywhere I go in the school. I have to have someone right next to me. I tried to ignore it, but it was hard. And then I finally spoke out to my friends about it. And now everybody knows about it. Everybody knows, but who is going to act? After the police concluded that no physical assault or attack against the alleged victim took place, Berlin High students organized a walkout to demand answers. Ally Amber Olmsted expressed their frustration on Green Bay ABC affiliate WBAY. We're hoping to accomplish letting our voices be heard, letting us know this isn't okay, and letting us know just because someone has a name in a town doesn't mean they get to get away with doing things like this. We sat there for a while and we were trying to get our questions answered, but we kind of just kept getting blown off and trying to, they were trying to get us inside, get us inside. But we wanted this to be public. We wanted people to see us, hear us. We told them that we're not backing down this time. They're going to hear our voices. They're going to listen to us and they're going to do something about it. We want students to feel safe at a school because we're expected to be there, so we should be expected to be safe. The Berlin Area School District says it is cooperating with the police and also conducting its own investigation. This is America. Don't got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. Hi, this is Janice Ian, and you're listening to This Way Out. You ain't gonna get this nowhere else. This Way Out is supported in part by contributions from our listeners. Some give a little each month, some make a larger annual contribution. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. And please remember This Way Out on hashtag GivingTuesday, November 30th. I'm a transcend space and time, spread my wings, take and flight. I came from pain, you know, growing up trans, you know, being on TV, living at home, gotta grow fast, you know, when you're in zone, TV's on, I'm on it, back to school, I flaunt it, robbed up my youth to speak for you, whatever, it's worth it. Living for others like I don't deserve it. That's Broken Heart Transcend, a track co-produced with the artist It's Okay Love from the newly released album Magical Miracle Mile by trans singer-songwriter and activist Ryan Casata. Ryan has come a long way since his November 2011 interview with our friend J.D. Doyle of Queer Music Heritage when the breakthrough musician was only 17.
This is J.D. Doyle, and with that song, we're back in high school. Not always a great place to be if you are a transgender teen, but I want you to meet one who has turned into a transgender activist, and at the same time, a singer and songwriter while releasing two albums. He's Ryan Casada and lives on Long Island. He's still only 17 now, but when he was just 15, he appeared on the Larry King and Tyra Banks television shows, and he's turned that attention into helping other trans teens and their loved ones understand the issues. He does that not only through his music and through countless speaking engagements, but also with a number of informational videos he's uploaded to YouTube. But some may wonder, adjusting to being transgender is difficult enough for anyone. For a teenager, there must be many more dimensions to it. So why go on national television with this story? When I got the call from Larry King, which was my first TV experience, I was nervous about it, but I wanted to do it. I wasn't out to anyone in my school besides a few close friends. I wasn't out to my extended family. Only my mom, dad, and brothers knew. When Larry King called, I took it as a good opportunity to come out to everyone all at once. By going on TV, they know that it's real. I'm not questioning it or anything. You know, you wouldn't go on TV and talk about something that you're not 100% sure of. So I went on Larry King, and I also thought it was a good way to educate people. Do you have times when you wish you would have kept your journey out of the public eye? Um... I get a lot of letters and a lot of emails and, you know, I, I get asked a lot of questions and people come to me looking for advice. And sometimes it gets overwhelming. It never really gets annoying, but it gets overwhelming sometimes because, you know, they build up and there's so many questions I have to answer. I think that being very out was a good move for me. You know, I get messages all the time that say, if you never came out, I don't think I would be alive. I mean, I mean, it's helping people. I love that you have a slam poem on your latest album. I'm talking about trans slam, and you pack a lot into it. Definitely. Um, I wrote that poem in December, last December, and I was really down in the dumps that I wasn't getting my surgery when I wanted to get it, and that my dad just didn't want me to get my surgery. He thought I was going to change back. And it was, you know, getting really tough. I just wanted to get my surgery. I wanted to be free. So I wrote that poem. I never showed it to my dad. Maybe I should have. Maybe it, made, it would have made him understand more. But I never showed it to him. And then when the album came out, he was like, what is this? And, you know, he listened to it. And, he, you know, he got silent. And I think he kind of took it to heart. I think that... It really showed the anger, the depression, and, you know, really how hard it is to be transgender, to go through this, to want surgery so badly, but you can't get it, you know, and to struggle until you do get it, and maybe to struggle after that. The wind is so far on my insides, another star not shining, burning and hurting when they go up and die, losing flight, losing mind, turning blind, and can't find any aspiration but temptation for this alteration of my body to please my mind. Can you please help me to find? I need a doctor for the double incision, seeking no revision. Just a bilateral mastectomy, and then I'll feel revised and free. Can you blame me for the hatred boiling up inside me? Can't tame me, the pain that's making my pride flee. 
You say set this aside and the guilt will subside, but I've been taking the strides and my mind still collides. Pulls me under the tide and my mouth's open wide. Would you be able to push the shame aside? Am I ready to die? Ryan talks a lot about his transgender journey and his song, Going West. Going West, I wrote that about being transgender and really about the journey. And sometimes, you know, you do feel like you're the only one that's going through this. And when I started transitioning, that's how I felt. You know, I didn't know any transgender people. I did feel extremely lonely. So that song really is like the whole journey of my transition the first verse talks about me wanting to go west to California, you know, getting surgery, maybe going on tea, and just, you know, living free. And then the chorus is about, you know, I'm all right, I'm doing just fine. You know, I'm just going on the journey. You know, I'm not letting it really take me down. Find out more about this artist at www.ryancasada.com. This is J.D. Doyle for This Way Out. That's R-Y-A-N-C-A-S-S-A-T-A dot com. The original interview is archived at QueerMusicHeritage.com. Next week, join us as we salute three faith pioneers. We'll honor early ally Episcopal Bishop John Spong and musician-turned-church founder Archbishop Carl Bean, who both died this year. We'll also meet Evangelical Lutheran Church of America Bishop Megan Rohr, the first transgender bishop of a mainstream U.S. Christian denomination. I ordained the first gay man who was open and honest about being a gay man and who lived openly with a partner in 1989. There was enormous negative reaction around the world. My first sermon, God gave me to give to the world, said I'm walking through life and nature's If a trans person can be a bishop, then it means there's literally no type of body that can't be a faithful person. If there is a way that I can continue to preach and teach or just look for a place out of the sun to meditate, then that's the kind of thing I want to be up to. That's next time on a special edition of This Way Out. Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from M.R. Raquel and Michael LeBeau, produced by Brian Jushazer, from Dustin Richardson, produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns, and from J.D. Doyle. Thanks also to Wendy Matevidad. Sam Cook, Al Stewart, and Ryan Casata performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. 
They say our thanks to Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Yavana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors James Kennedy and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappell and the entire This Way Out crew, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 7RGY, Jeeveston, Tasmania, KHOI, Ames, Iowa, WDRT, Viroqua, Wisconsin, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.